Welcome to episode 134 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Sunday evening. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you the news in the Wisconsin sports world. And wow, what a past week for Wisconsin professional sports. Maybe minus the Green Bay Packers, even though it is football season. I mean, in a span of 48 hours, the Milwaukee professional sports just take a national you know, make national attention as, again, the Milwaukee Brewers are your NL Central Division champions. That was crowned Tuesday. And then Wednesday was the blockbuster. The Damian Lillard trade comes through. Damian Lillard, as it is in this episode title here, he is a Milwaukee Buck. Crazy stuff. Um, and also, I mean, almost equally as important is Drew Holiday is no longer a Milwaukee Buck. Um, Right, just with how much he means to this team, that's some, certainly something we have to bring up. But crazy how the Bucks preseason's already almost coming up here soon. Bucks actually actually today just signed campaign. I'll get into that a little bit. Um, three three main sports to talk about. Of course, Brewers postseason preview this week. It's coming up as I'm recording at the end of their game. Is there? It looks like they're going to get win number ninety two against Chicago. So. That's what we're looking at, and a lot of different ways to start this episode. I think we're going to go with the Bucks to lead us off, and we'll talk through this one. So again, this trade goes through here on Wednesday, um, or September twenty seventh. It was so it was a three team trade, right? And um, and what Milwaukee was getting for Portland was Damian Lillard, but in return, Milwaukee trades Grayson Allen to Phoenix. Milwaukee trades Drew Holiday, a 2029 first, a 2028 first, and a 2030 first to Portland. And then Phoenix trades DeAndre Ayton and Tamani Kamara to Portland. And then Portland trades Hersef Nurkic, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson to Phoenix. So in summary of like why teams did this deal, so the Bucks did it to pair... Damian Lillard with Giannis Antetokounmpo to join forces, right? Is how, right? Is really what happened, right? You get two duos, you get this dynamic duo now of these two, um, and then you still keep a great player in Chris Middleton. True Holiday only has a year left on his deal before he has a player option, so it could be two. Um, his deal is interesting. That's why I, I, what I've been telling people is, like, it makes sense from a business standpoint as. Uh, from 2024 to 2025, it's a player option of 37 million. Um, so it's interesting, you know, is he going to accept it? Probably. But if he wants better security after the, a big year in 2023, 2024, he might not. So right when Portland got him, they instantly was trade bait for them. You know, they don't feel like he's he needs to be at an absolute contender this year. So that's what that's really what Portland wanted to do with him, use him as trade bait. And well, of course, the three-team trade. Uh, then they give up Nurkic, Little, and Johnson in order to get like Aiton and Kamara from Portland. Um, and then also the Bucks threw in Grayson Allen to Phoenix. was an interesting thing, too. So that freed up a spot on the team, which is how Campaign gets in on this, to on a vet minimum deal. Campaign was with Phoenix back in when they faced in the finals in 21. A solid, solid guard. Uh, known known for his shooting abilities, defense is subpar, um, in my in my opinion, and 
kind of pain, pain's going to be a solid vet off the bench. Um, you know, um, I, I probably prefer Malik Beasley, but still going to be a solid option for the Milwaukee will be used in games uh, for sure. Might start a game or two, barring rest and whatnot. So anyways, why Lillard coming to Milwaukee is huge, right? They had a welcome party for him yesterday. It was wild. Started at two o'clock. It was a long party. Lillard actually showed up to the party as well. Um, but the point is, is Milwaukee has him under control. He's a player option in 2026. He finally becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2027. That's what the Bucks gave up first. And you saw a higher price tag is they have him under control. Um, so his player option was already exercised from 24 to 25. And then 25 to 26, they'll have him. It's a player option, 26 to 27. He finally becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2027. So this is just huge for Bucks. This is like, like you put this guy here for the next four years. You're like, you know, Giannis. Like you do a trade like this um, with confidence that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to resign as a Milwaukee Buck when it comes to that time um, for at least four or five years. So that's why you do something like this. And um, for the Bucs, it's going to be huge. Um, I, I think this gives them like, this. This keeps that window open, I feel, for another like three, four more years is why you do a move like this before having to worry about Drew. So I really like what John Horace did. It's actually funny. Um, I mean, I've seen like on X and, and on other places like the trade web of how this this came to be. And just you can also look through. I was looking through it as well. Um, like John Henson, Greg Monroe, like guys like that, um, over time, like accumulating picks, accumulating players, um, you know, can turn into uh, Damian Lillard. And of course, there were some other pieces thrown in there, but just wild to think, you know, like how over time assets are evaluated. Or when I say assets, I'm talking about the players themselves, right? How they can be evaluated as assets and how they, their trade value has really changed and such. So, Really happy Lillard, though. He's going to be with Milwaukee. It's going to be really excited. Um, I'm not too worried about injury stuff. It was an ab, abdominal thing he was dealing with. I still, like, you expect, you know, 50, 60 games out of him in the regular season, but you expect him for the postseason. That's where he's going to thrive. It's going to be so cool having him as a buck. It's going to be the Lillard Bucks jerseys are already flying, uh, but what a move for the Bucks. And I also want to talk about the preseason schedule. Next, in a week from now, they have a preseason game against the Bulls already. It is already almost that time. I couldn't believe it. Five preseason games on the docket. October, so Sunday, October 8th, versus Chicago at home. So at Pfizer. And then Tuesday, they go to Memphis. That's at Memphis. And on the 15th of October, they go to LA, face the Lakers. That's on ESPN, actually. A preseason game starting at 49 bucks for the tickets right now in LA. Wow. Tuesday the 17th at OKC, and then wrapping it up at home versus Mem- Memphis. They face Memphis two of the five preseason games. Again, that is that is this preseason, and then the the regular season will tip off. So the game was the 20th, and then it tips off the 26th at home against Philly. So there is your Bucks schedule. Expect you, right? We have a game in a week from now. Bucks basketball returns in one week. That went fast. That went really fast. And then we get right back into it. Then again, the Brewers are waiting on win number 92 to finish 92 and 70, but they did it. They won, win the central 
um, on Tuesday. And just really exciting for this team. Um, win against the Cardinals. Well, they lose that game, but the Cubs had themselves a collapse. Um, one of the worst collapses of recent memory. Um, I like, I'm just talking about for a wild card spot, really rough for them. Um, this week, they really control their own destiny. Just say Suzuki dropping that fly ball on Tuesday wins it for the, the Braves, which won it for the Brewers. Even though they lost, they got to celebrate. And that was fun to watch on TV. I was not there. I made it to the game Thursday and Saturday, but so I saw the three, nothing win Thursday. And then, they lost on Saturday. Lauer had a, a rough outing, and unfortunately probably will be his last outing as a Milwaukee Brewer, barring they signed to some minor league deal or something. Um, but otherwise, um, right, it looks like they're going to win the series against the Cubs this weekend, a 4-2 and two series. Um, but you, everybody's wondering right now, who are they playing and when are they playing? And so how that comes about right now is right, when – after this is done, we'll probably know, of course. But uh, Arizona was losing. If Arizona loses, um, we're going to play Arizona. Arizona has to win and Miami has to lose in order for it to be Miami now, as Miami's had a great last week. So it looks like it'll be Miami and Philly, and it'll be Arizona. The Diamondbacks are going to be coming to Milwaukee for a three-game series Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is going to be my guess. They did it. MLB did tip a little bit on what time we can expect our game. Tuesdays and Tuesday and Wednesday, games one and two are going to be after 6 p.m. That is a win for myself and other fans. I am going to be there ideally on game one. Uh, probably won't be able to make game two. Hoping game three is at a reasonable time. Um, I'm not pleased with how they are doing this late notice stuff for the games. It's pretty unfortunate, but I ex- expect to be there, though. Um, for game one, which is going to be the move. Um, let me get a little bit of scoring. Pirates are beating the Marlins right now. However, Arizona is down eight to nothing in the seventh. So that is not going to happen. Arizona does not get the job done. Looks like Miami will be the five spots. So that is what we are monitoring. Not much else is going to matter to the, the NL is going to be locked in then. Phillies are going to be the four seed. Phillies are going to be hosting the Miami Marlins in a three-game series at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. So that's that was decided. Phillies got that one. Um, AL's a mess kind of still. Uh, Mariners got eliminated, but still they are waiting to see those things. Mariners get win number 88, though. Um, just knowing some placing stuff there, they're, they're still deciding that as today's today matters for that. So, and it looks like the Rays beat the blue Jays. So that'll have some implications, but we're not talking about all the playoffs, right? I'm just talking about how the brewers are going to match up the brewers still though. If they beat the Dimebacks in this three game series, um, they are going to be facing, they're going to be going to LA. Um, the concern though, was you want, ideally you wanted in my eyes, you wanted Miami. Miami had a minus 50 run differential. One of the worst run differentials, if not the worst run differential to make the playoffs um, in history, um, which is kind of remarkable. Uh, the Arizona, though, is going to finish with a minus 16 run differential. They don't score any runs today, so still bad. Um, so there's still no excuses, but Arizona does have Zach Allen, who we know has been phenomenal this year, has faltered a little bit at the end, but him and Merrill Kelly in games one and two is going to be rough for the Brewers. Thankfully, 
They are both right-handed pitchers, not lefties. We know how that works for Milwaukee, but um, really Arizona had a great start to the year, but they've really faltered, um, you know, in this last few weeks. Uh, just the team overall hasn't been as great as, you know, it was to start, and they had expectations that, you know, that they kind of fell short. But this offense is, this offense is a lot better um, in terms of power and home runs um, than the Brewers. But Corbin Carroll, twenty-five home runs. There. He's their top hitter in terms of OPS. Christian Walker had thirty-three home runs this year, um, eight thirty OPS. And then Cattell Marte, eight forty-three OPS with. 25 home runs, Loris Guriel with 24 home runs. So I don't know. Not ideal. Uh, Brewers win the bullpen battle. Brewers have the better rotation. Um, and then the Dimebacks have a better lineup. So do what you want with that information. Um, you just wanted Miami. Um, it's I'm I'm upset. I, I wanted them to face the Brewers. Miami and Brewers. I felt that would have been better, but. Arizona it is. little rematch of 2011. Let's see how it goes for the Brewers. Looks like it's going to be... It might be actually Woodruff game one now. That's the case. We'll see, though. Um, But Woodruff and Peralta's starts were skipped this weekend, which makes sense. And we'll see how they do it. But Garrett Mitchell, um, the talk with the Brewers, though, right? We'll talk. We'll go through it right now. This week was a lot about getting guys ready for the postseason. And... Um, it feels that there's some guys who, if you looked at the start of the year, you would have thought they would have been on the postseason roster if this team makes it that far. But right now the roster is making itself. Um, um, going through construction, you can carry maximum 13 pitchers of the 26 players is how it breaks down. Um, Brewers anticipate carrying between 11 to 12, I think, is how I'm, I believe it's going to map out. What that means is there's going to be an extra position player or two. And why I say that is I think the likely guys, like we'll go through. Um, I mean, Brian Anderson was just DFA'd. I don't think you'll see him on the postseason roster, even with that utility. Um, we're going to be seeing more of guys like even Garrett Mitchell, who just came back. Uh, I, he, I think he's going to make the roster. He's done enough these last few games to make enough of an impact. But right, you could pencil in the guys of right the nature of Freelich, Canna, you know, those two. Um, like in the outfield, Blake Perkins is going to make the team. Yelich is going to be there. Taylor is going to be there. It's probably be like the five outfielders. And then, um, right. I mean, and then also Garrett Mitchell outfielder six. Donaldson's going to be probably your third baseman. He hasn't done a lot, but he's done enough. He's done enough to, to stay a seven, above a 700 OPS in his time. Um, so he'll probably be your third baseman. Kind of remarkable to see that, but. Otherwise, right, I don't think there will be any any other questions on who makes it. There are with pitching. Hauser pitching today um, leaves his spot up for question. Right? You, you know Miley, Burns, Peralta, Woodruff are going to make it for starters. Bryce Wilson has starting experience. Andrew Chaffin, no way he's on this roster. Um, but Colin Ray is a question, as he had a great start Friday. Colin Ray could make this roster, this postseason roster. He will be one of the questionable ones. I wonder if Elvis Piguero is going to be ready in time for um, to be on Tuesday's roster. If he is, he'll be on there. Um, 
Julio Tehran will not be. I'll tell you that right now. But those are just kind of guys like like those guys I mentioned are more the bubble guys, the guys who we don't know if they're going to be on the roster or not. So that's what we're looking at. I think the pitchers are going to be more of a question than the position players. We know who's going to be on there. There's a chance Jesse Winker might be on the postseason roster is what I've I've heard. I would hope not, but he might is kind of the question. What's that question right now? So we'll know more about the roster. We'll probably hear what it is tomorrow night. I imagine tomorrow afternoon. Well, they'll have that out or sometimes they do it the day of the game. They might have it out. So again, it's a three game series at American family field. Um, it's going to be burnt. You're going to see a dosage of Burns, Woodruff and Peralta. Not sure what order yet might be the Woodruff first is also a possibility now. So that is what we are looking at. I'm excited for this this um, trip. I like the Brewers against Mar- the Marlins or Diamondbacks on a three-game series. You hope they win it in two, um, but if they win it in three, they win it in three. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk more about the L.A., and that would kick off Saturday. So I can't get too far ahead of myself, self, though. This is still a playoff series nonetheless. They still got to win you know, two of three games. That's, that's not a gimme in baseball. You know, one isn't, but three – not either. So that's where we're at with the Brewers. Wish them the best of luck. Prediction challenge will be out tomorrow. Um, and I'm looking forward to posting that. And I'm also waiting on the player of the week because it's kind of weird this week just with how everything is. So I'll probably have that out tomorrow as well. Let's go to the Packers. Have posted their player of the game from Thursday's performance. Or And look, you all know it was tough to choose the player of the game it was it was rough um start the final score lions 34 packers 20 you probably know that if you um as right it was tough romeo Dobbs was the player of the game nine for 95 so he had nine receptions 95 yards on 13 targets he was definitely loves number one guy uh found him variety of spots had some nice catches good routes uh, so far has been Love's number one target, not even question. Um, and but in this one, um, let's go through the just kind of how the game script went through. It was a tough start for Green Bay, down twenty-seven to three at half, is what happened. And you know, there's like it felt no coming back from there. So it started. Anders Carlson, so Goff gets picked off, and it was like, okay, Packers already right away, momentum, boom. Carlson, thirty-four-year-old field goal. 3-0, Green Bay's up. All right, Packers are feeling good. Win probability went to, what was it? It was like 55, whatever. Then Amonra St. Brown, they have an easy touchdown drive. Amonra St. Brown wide open from Jared Goff. Rasul Douglas had those ankles broken, or maybe not broken, but some blown coverages, some missed tackles for Douglas on that drive alone. And then they get the ball back, Detroit does, and a three-yard run for David Montgomery. Eight plays. It was 55 yards. Um, look, David Montgomery, we'll get into that. Is He might have not been the most efficient, but when you get three or four yards of pop at 32 times, that'll do. That's all, all you need. And that's all Detroit needed, too, in this one. Um, they were up 14-3 to end of one. Riley Patterson tacks on a 33-yard field goal, 17-3. to And then it was all Detroit. I mean, David Montgomery, two-yard run, 24-3. Patterson, another field goal, 27-3 at half. 
third quarter, it was like, okay, Packers, some momentum. Let's see it. Christian Watson, one yard touchdown pass. And that was with the, the, the drive feature, a lot of Dobbs. And then we also had love to read for a two point conversion. It was 27, 11. And then they got the ball back to start the fourth. Then love a nine year, nine year touchdown run. Two yard two point conversion that was failed. It was 27 17. And then the Packers forces a field goal attempt. Quay Walker against Detroit jumps over a guy. That's a penalty. Automatic first down. Montgomery then gets a touchdown. 34 17. I benched Montgomery in two fantasy leagues also. He was questionable. The morning of uh, reports came out that he wasn't actually going to play. And then they corrected those reports that he's going to play most likely snap count, expect limited action, expect a lot of Gibbs in it. And, and then, right. Okay. Well, I'll get the point. Carlson 50 yard field goal, 34, 20 final. Uh, but getting back to it, they let this guy then go 32 rushing attempts for 121 yards. What year of football are we watching in a pass heavy environment? 32 carries for Montgomery, 3.8 yards an attempt that's not great, but whatever <laughs> he got, he got it. Gibbs was eight for 40 with five yards attempt. Gibbs is clearly the flasher back. We, we know this, but Montgomery's this workhorse that Detroit can just rely on. Um, he's going to be safe. You know, he's not going to fumble. Um, he's a guy Dan Campbell loves. We knew this, but um, just the box score is like, come on, really? And then they ran 43 times, only passed 28 times for golf. They ran a lot of plays in general, though, is how I felt. Laporta had a nice, nice day, four for 56. Then Amonra had that touchdown. Um, Look, Packers got beat at all levels, um, attendance-wise, too. Talk about Detroit. Packers have to release a statement why there's so many Detroit fans there. It was like, come on. Just not how you remember it. Packers haven't beat Detroit in a long time. They lost twice to them last year. They lost to, they've lost them four straight games, right? This year, both last year and then last game of two seasons ago. So that's how this has been. Um, Love, 23-36, one touchdown, two picks. His worst game of the season, not a question. Um, he has been, right, he's been decent. That's how we've, we've talked about him, decent to slightly um, exceeding expectations. I have to, you know, tamper that down a little bit to just like media expectations after a game like this. But the run game has been the thing. We, we talked about this team preseason. This team might run the ball, you know, the most we've seen. They ran it 12 times. Granted, they were out in a deficit right away, it felt. 12 times. Jones only five carries. Dylan, five for 11, 2.2 yards an attempt. Has been Dylan's worst season by far, efficiency wise, um, numbers, you name it. This Dylan has looked not great. Um, concerns moving forward. Um, how his role is going to be, even. Uh, Jones, five for 18. Felt like they didn't want to use him. Um, uh, well, again, they need to get him out and run the routes. He only had two targets either. Jones just wasn't utilized. And he, he needs like Packer or the usage in the Packer Bear game. Is what we need. Um, and we see with young quarterbacks locking on to one receiver. We we see this often. Um, and we see it right now. Uh, it's been it's been Dobbs. That's why I mentioned those 13 targets right away. 13 targets for one guy. And I'll say it, Dobbs is a good receiver. Dobbs isn't a guy who deserves uh well, it was nearly a 40% target share. Uh, that's not who Romeo Dobbs is. 
He is a solid slot guy who's going to get five to six, five to seven, maybe targets a game in this offense and is going to do great things with them or even four to six. You know, Christian Watson and Jaden Reed should be these, those guys who are getting commanding as much targets, if not more. Watson should probably command the most. Watson only had four targets, two for 25 with a touchdown. Um, with the talent profile for Christian Watson, he definitely should be the guy a love should be looking for um, in this offense. It was really unfortunate Luke Musgrave getting evaluated for a concussion in this one because he would he's such a reliable option too to get three to five targets as well. Um, Reed was second on team though with five targets. So I feel that's how I feel. I feel Watson should be leader in targets, and that should be like Reed and Dobbs, and then Musgrave kind of like right there with those three, and then Jones also with. Uh, at least four targets. And I know I say it like he should like, it's like a quota they have to meet, but like in reality, there should be play designs where we're trying to get these guys open schematically speaking. Um, not like if they get open, I know that's a whole argument, you know, um, I, when I bring up target share and such, but it's in it, realistically um, you want to get the ball. You want to get the ball in the hands of your best players. And I don't think Dobbs is the best player in this offense to get the ball in his hands is all I mean by this. So um anxious to hear p- other people's thoughts on that, but that's how I feel this offense moving forward needs to be. Love um, teams also throws too many deep balls. Um, run defense still isn't there. Quay Walker has inflated tackle numbers, which is good. You know, good if you have in fantasy and IDP leagues, but 19 tackles. Quay Walker's had a great year, and 19 tackles is a great number, but um, I think just his stats – He's still making those those sloppy plays on tape that you still see. So, just highlighting that. Still had some nice plays though to on Thursday. Not, no denying that. Um, Devontae Wyatt's look good too. Both Georgia guys. Carl Brooks also guys who I've enjoyed seeing. Um, Rashawn Gary nothing nothing on Thursday. After that big three sack game, I was hyping up nothing. Kenny Clark nothing uh, or a, a tackle. Lucas Van Ness, a tackle and a which was a solo tackle, it looks like. So just things like that, you know, your big playmakers, you know, your pass rushers weren't getting pass rushes. Um, and it's not like Goff threw 20 times. He threw 28 times. So there, there were opportunities. Um, he didn't hold on to the ball a long time either. So that was not a reason, but just throwing all that out there. Um, defense definitely needs to get more pressure. Uh, run run stopping's a story. This is Detroit, I know. They get a mini buy. I call it mini buy. They play Thursday. Now they they're off until the eighth or the ninth. Even they play Monday night football next in Las Vegas. They will play the Las Vegas Raiders. So this is important to monitor as the Raiders are playing right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is unfortunately injured, which rookie Aiden O'Connell of Purdue is starting for them. So barring um, how Garoppolo's status is for that Monday night game next week, Will will tell us if the Packers are facing a rookie quarterback, but um, Josh Jacobs they have a, a runner who has not had a great year this year numbers wise, but still is a talented back who can put up a lot of volume that the Packers need to watch out for. Raiders going to be looking at the tape and look and just see. Look, Detroit just beat them, run the ball forty three times. Why can't we? Is going to be what we'll see. Granted, their defense is not as good, but. Wondering how that game will be in Vegas. Definitely won the Packers. You want them to win start three and two in five games. 
Uh, we saw the Bears lose today. We saw the Vikings win. So that's how the, the North right now, it's Detroit up top, and then it's Packers, Vikings, and Bears is what you're looking at. And yeah, that's that, that's all I had here today. I will be live. I got to make some announcements before I wrap up. I talked about the Wisconsin Sports Spotlight starting up. Talk about Mike File being on. He unfortunately is busy this weekend. It will not be Mike File to kick us off, but rather Johnny Tim. You know Johnny Tim. He'll be on to kick off the Wisconsin Sports Spotlight tonight at 8 p.m. So just lower three hours. It's scheduled on YouTube. I'll post at your sports crew about it. Um, again, Instagram, X, and TikTok, and then Facebook and YouTube, Drew Sports Crew. But yeah, it's a great series. I'm just highlighting once a week or so um, a Wisconsin sports individual, right, who's made contributions to Wisconsin sports and just overall hear their story. So kind of similar to the College Athlete Spotlight, but more focusing on, you know, what what individuals have done in Wisconsin here for sports, right, our pride the Milwaukee, again, my brewer flag with Wisconsin on it and back and great stuff. Point Brewery, you know, I will be be with me there. I'll be drinking their root beer. Um, so they will be with me on my side there. Um, but yeah, if you have a guest that you want to have in mind, just feel free to reach out. International Podcast Day was yesterday, and I always like to thank you all, you know, for, for that because, right, it, it's great. I have an opportunity and I'm able to speak here. You know, multiple times a week, whether it's my just myself alone with guests, with Jared or Zach on Journey Million, which is going to be Wednesday at four. Um, it's just great. You know, it's it's an opportunity. I'm thankful for this and really thankful for you all, you know, and your help, uh, participation in leagues, merchandise sales, all that good stuff, live shows. You know, you'll do a lot and a good day to recognize you, the listener, as well as this podcast, Drew Sports Crew itself. So that's what I got here today. Enjoy your week, everybody. Have a good one. Go Packers, go Brewers, and go Bucks. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.